What's up, bitches? Is <laughs> Jamiroquai? Jamiroquai. You can't see it from over there. The video, though. Look at the video. The floor moving around. What's that? The floor moving. Yeah. <laughs> dancing around there. It's like he's dancing on the turntable. I remember when these guys came out. I remember that so Rolling Stones were going on a tour, and they were asking who was going to be opening up for them. And they were these guys were going to be opening up, playing on a Rolling Stones tour. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I mean, it's good for them. Yeah, I'd say so. Get a hell of a hell of a crowd for uh, Stones concert to oh. see you come out. Oh yeah. I said not too long ago to a relative of mine how I would want to go see the Rolling Stones. It's like. It's a classic band. You want to go see him? He's like, you better hurry up. <laughs> hey, I mean, if, if they haven't died with all the drugs they've done over the years, they'll probably live another 150 years. I mean, Keith Richards is permanently embalmed. Yeah. He's been embalmed. Yeah. There's not going to be anything For after he perishes. Years. He's just basically when he dies, he's just going to sleep. He's already yeah. fermented. Yeah. Yeah. You know, interesting you bring up the stones. Um, I. I never really, I don't know, I never really paid much attention to their music. And then probably about like 20 some odd years ago, I was working at a small pharmaceutical company as a lab tech. And um, we got two stations, two radio stations in the entire building. So we would get either like like one of the local, like, you know, top 40 radio stations or an oldie station. So it depended on what part of the building that you were in, you would get reception for one or the other. So when we were in our, in our like day-to-day lab, like research lab, we would, we would get the oldie station and there's just like listening to every day. There's so many great songs that they had and quite a few songs that they played were actually from the Rolling Stones. I was like, wow, this is a Rolling Stones. I was like, it's actually pretty fucking good. Listen, they don't get to be timeless for nothing, you know? Yeah. That is true. Very true. Jumping Jack Flash. You got Paint It Black. That's, that, that's probably one of my favorite songs. Paint It Black is a good yeah. song. Really Satisfaction. Like I mean, the list goes yeah. on. Oh, yeah. The list goes on. I mean, the thing is, is you ever, I mean, you weren't really into music, right? I mean, like you didn't play an instrument or maybe you played the, I mean, I'm not talking about the the accordion. <laughs> lessons that you were forced to get as a youth. That's an instrument. It is an instrument, but I'm talking about... It's probably... And in all all honesty, that's probably one of the... One of the most... I I don't want to say universal instruments, but it's it's played in most parts of the world. I mean, South America, Central America, North America, Europe, parts of Africa. Okay, okay. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at (laughs) is that you ever try to like write a song? No. Okay. Um, Played in bands quite a few years over this over the time and just dabble with trying to create a song it's fucking hard yeah it's hard and then you got to find something that's catchy and like the use of metaphors is huge in music you know Mm -hmm. and just to have some of these artists that you see that just crank out hit after hit after hit and how how just naturally and effortless it really is for some people like the rolling stones or now you're seeing in, in younger artists, even like with Billie Eilish, not really my cup of tea, but she yeah. keeps putting out, you know, hits and, and there's a lot of people like that. So it's just interesting when the, these people are born with this gift. And I've seen on like social media that people love when like, you know, they put something like, you know, 
any song from the 70s and it's just like written by one person or two people and then it'll say like whatever hit from like beyonce for example and it'll have like written by and there's like a list of like 10 people it's like yeah back then they were able to write songs by themselves but what people don't realize is that how music licensing has changed over the years where if the individual that like mixes the song that you know there's a there's a lot of steps in recording a song and putting it before you hear it on the radio there's a lot of people that had their fingers in this song but everybody that's that's involved in the creative process they now get credit for you know producing this product which is a song yeah i and but at the same time though i i I think i i kind of understand what people are saying now about that like there's so many other people that have their hands in writing a song and all that other stuff. But I feel like, you know, like technology is light years ahead now from what it was back 50 years ago and say like the Rolling Stones were big or when the Beatles were big around that time. Right. But that's just it. I mean, there's more, more programs. I mean, a lot of artists use pro tools. I mean, can you imagine learning an instrument and writing a song is hard enough. Now you're going to pick up and try yeah. to figure out how to mix and match. Well, and, and, and I think that's, that's what kind of bring like attracts me to like that. Not, I don't want to say older music, but I guess, you know, from 50 years ago, that is pretty fucking long. That's sure. half a lifetime ago. Oh, I mean, more. listen, we're in our early forties and yeah. these songs are much, much older than us. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, these guys are still scooting around on stage. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I mean, just the, the creativity then, and just the, the simplicity of all of it compared to like, you know, all the, all the technology that goes into these songs today. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, there's some songs that I hear today that I, that I like, but there's, I, I just like once, once the two thousands came, I kind of like lost interest in listening to any real music to be, to be honest. Well, that's because I think you identify most with you know, what music you listen to through your formative years. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we gone back in our intro yeah. or out to your outro music and we're, we're playing something like 90s hip hop, right? Yeah. Which I saw you had a, a pose you were trying to expose the, the little <laughs> ones to to some uh, to some of the classics and it didn't, it wasn't exactly well received. Yeah, they just, they just passed out. I'm like, dude, really? And then, and then I finally played Insane in the Membrane and they were just, they were all over that one. So. It's not to like about <laughs> Cypress Hill. Oh man! So before we dive into things, here's uh here's an iceberg. Yeah. I'm gonna dig my grubby paws into this. Get after it. I'm gonna try some of that wheel horse. Spoiler alert: Siv is having wheel horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry for all the all the background music there. We didn't we didn't get prepared in advance. That's everything else was. Yeah, everything except for our poison of the week, which usually we're on point with. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, let's let's see if we could get get a good pop from it. There you go. Oh, I like it. I like it. Not bad. I'm gonna try it, but about to be left out. Yeah, got a squeaker there. A little <laughs> <laughs> squeaker. All right, doing the good old pour over the asteroid device that we have in our cups. Yeah, it, like we were talking about beforehand, I don't know, the, the two times that I had it, and I mean, I don't know if it was two times because <laughs> I drank quite a bit of it, if it was only two two times that I actually had uh, had servings of this, but 
yeah, both times. I don't know why. I just like woke up the next day with a really bad headache. And it wasn't because I drank a lot of it. I don't know if it was, I was dehydrated or what the hell it was, but I've had other ri- rise. I've never had any issues. So I don't know. We'll try this one again. I don't know if you ever noticed when you actually, when you go to type in and text bourbon, it actually brings up this glass that you just poured. Wheel horse? No, this has the emoji. Nice. It's a little, little glass full of bourbon. I like it. There you go, man. Cheers. All right. Salud. Salud. Yep. All right. Mm. Smoother, like a smoother rye than I'm used to. It's good. Yeah. yeah, not bad. It's good. So let's just dive into this because we had a conversation going before we went live. Yeah. And this just involved an article that I stumbled across that was focusing on the, uh, the hockey culture. And it was about a female goalie in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It was a high school. She's apparently the, the goalie on their junior varsity team as well as their varsity team. High school kids being high school kids, inappropriate, 100%. 100% agree with it. Yep. Um, they were basically chanting, suck my dick to the goalie. Um, <laughs> mildly inappropriate, like nobody stepped in here. But <laughs> like it, it's going on in public, like... Dude, can you imagine that even at like a high school football game? Like high school football games get pretty rowdy. Yeah. And there's some there's some lewd chance I could I feel like could happen. But something like this, like no adult stepped in. Yeah. And and what bothers me the most is like you said earlier before we went live here, and that's that like this gets brought up and all of a sudden it's like, you know flashpoint like all of a sudden hockey in general is yeah is responsible for this toxic yeah it's ridiculous for this toxic culture and and it's one instance and i'm saying it's an ugly instance but oh no without a doubt and it it, it is it is kind of shitty that it transpired that way but you know to call hockey culture this toxic culture and like like we were just talking about before compared to other sports Right, compared to other sports. And speaking about this topic, because both Siv and I, I mean, going back to episode one where we actually talked about how we became Siv and Ocho, <laughs> like this is, this, we're rooted in hockey. This is where we grew up. We, yeah. We've been playing since we were preteens, basically. Yeah. So I'm as surprised as you are when I see an article talking about this toxic, you know, lifestyle apparently that's deep rooted in, in hockey culture. Yeah. I, I, when I was in high school, I, I didn't play, I didn't play hockey in high school, but I went to go watch a few of the games that my, my classmates played. We had a hockey team in my high school. And um, I remember one particular team that we played that we played against that, that our high school played against, I don't know, just like just a bunch of punks and just shit talkers and all this other stuff. And but that's what high school kids do. Yeah, it, exactly. And you know, like we we were just like you know we we're yelling at the players. We we're like we weren't saying suck my dick or anything crazy like <laughs> right. that. But but uh, I mean the, the game like it got it got pretty out of control. Like several fights broke out. Like one of like one guy I played football with. He was on the hockey team. He was a defenseman. Like you know, pretty big fucking farm kid. And uh. And he just, he got a penalty for something, I don't know, roughing or what the hell it was. The other team's goalie skated up to him at the penalty box and literally like tried cutting his head off with the, with his goalie stick. Oh, okay. And that, that dude just lost his fucking mind. He just jumped off the bench after the goalie and literally beat the shit out of the goalie. The other team's 
like team just empties the bench goes after him he's like throwing people off him like the fucking incredible Hulk. <laughs> it was it was awesome to watch and like one of their biggest shit talkers just like i don't know he had his head down for one play and and, and one of one of our defensemen this this little this little dude you know him too i mean we we all played hockey with him and uh like you would never assume that this would happen out of this kid, but he just came out of nowhere and just lit this, this other shit talker up from the other team, broke his leg on the ice, Ooh. literally broke his leg and f- kid had to get carted off. So um, it's safe to say that the referee lost control of this game. Early no, it, 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 it was, I mean, yeah, it was a rough game, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like crazy out of control. Seems like it was. Nah, it's hockey. From this account, it seems like things <laughs> seems like a little bit of control was lost. But I mean, we could agree that there's a level of violence in hockey. Oh, without a doubt. But that's the nature of the game, and it's just like you know, bringing other sports into it. NFL, there's definitely a level of violence into that. But to basically throw hockey into, and the thing is, is you know, I told you to scroll down in this article, and you see these four people that are having this discussion about it. They've clearly not spent much time around a hockey rink. Maybe they're around a hockey rink, but certainly not time in a locker room and the behind the scenes. I mean, listen, I get it. You know, times are changing. Sports are becoming more inclusive and diverse. I get it. But I'm hard pressed to find that, you know, this this Asian, like Chinese girl, I, I, I find it hard pressed to think that she's spent any time in a hockey locker room or Omar has or, or, the other two, I, it's the only name. It, it's past that. It's showing the commercial now, so I can't yeah. even bring their names up. But I tried to pause it before. But like, I, I'm really doubting, you know, because they're using the term hockey isn't doing enough. It tells me that they're not immersed in hockey culture. Yeah, because they're blaming it as a sport. Yeah. You know, like nobody's saying football is doing this. You know, people will say the NFL isn't doing enough. So they're called talking about the organization, right? They're yeah. not holding their players to a high enough standard. But these guys, Justin Cuthbert, Julian McKenzie, Sam Chang, and Omar, like these people, like they're, they're saying hockey as a sport is responsible for this as if, you know, it's basically, you know, you're going to run your drills, right? You're going to do your your infinities around the circle. You're going to do your passing drills. You're going to do your your in and outs on, on the cones. And then we're going to talk about shit talking and uh, sexually harassing the other team. That's all part of what hockey is. Yeah. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And, and, and to, to put hockey in this, this quote unquote toxic light compared to other professional sports is, is beyond me. I mean, other pro sports are just, are, it's laughable. Well, look at, I mean, you could point at one organization specifically in the NFL right now, and this is two weeks of making the news. You know, last week we're talking about John Gruden and the exposing of his emails and the things that he was Mm -hmm. saying. And then this week we're talking about how one of the players was doing 156 miles an hour, lost control of his vehicle, killed a woman and her dog. Mm -hmm. You know, but but this is it that we're going to focus on this. And granted, you know, listening to what they were discussing, they're talking about what's going on in Chicago. And apparently, you know, you and I both had to look into this and see that apparently there was a, a coach that was sexually they're saying sexually assaulting apparently the the coach is saying that it was consensual and it was a center that used to be with the team i'd like to think hockey players are a little tough and i don't know like how this guy couldn't get off of here get this coach off of him yeah a video coach a video coach not a not a strength coach 
Did you pull up a? Did you pull up an image of him? His name is Brad Al, Brad Aldrich. No. So do yourself a favor right now. Pull up a pull up a Google image of it, and I guarantee you, when you when you Google his name, there's going to be an image, and it's going to have a little like a, a little sectional photo. It's going to have a picture of him and the center from. I'm not sure what team he plays for now, but he used to be the center for the for the Chicago Blackhawks. What did I say? Kyle Beach is his yeah. name. So you'll see a picture of the two. There is no way that guy is overpowering this fucking hockey player. Yeah, I mean, hockey players aren't exactly small people. And they're scrappy. I mean, yeah. what oh, we're just yeah. talking about. Yeah. Like, the, this guy is supposed to be going in the, in the corners as a center. Or basically, I mean, a center, you're going to be screening a goal. You're going to be parked right in front of him, getting whacked. You're going to get... Guys like Zidane Chara, six foot seven, <laughs> bashing this guy, behemoth. trying to get him out of there. But this five foot three video coach is, is going to yeah. be able to overpower him. That, that looks like he goes to to the tanning salon on a regular basis. On a regular basis, that dude doesn't miss a beat. Yeah, no SPF for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. <sighs> There's a lot of holes in this story. I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, in reading this article that I was pulling up when we were discussing it, just seeing it's basically like this guy was assaulting everybody he was in contact with. Sounds like it. Yeah, it's just he, strange. He assaulted a 22-year-old intern. Human resources got involved. It he assaults like... two at Miami. So he he was assaulting when he was a university at hockey operations at University of Miami, Ohio. Mm-hmm. He sexually assaulted two guys there. He assaults a high schooler. He assaults, like, dude, this guy is like. It just sounds like he's a problem altogether. <laughs> right. I think it's probably a good idea to let this guy go. I mean, the dude's a piece of shit. It is what it is. Sounds like it. But it's just crazy to think that an NHL caliber player, maybe this guy needed a little bit more time with the strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That is that is kind of odd. Sounds a little 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 suspect to me. It's yeah, but just this this whole thing about uh, hockey as a toxic culture. I mean, listen, maybe maybe it is, but you if you you really want to start pointing fingers at in professional sports, start with the NFL and the NBA. Yeah, I mean, with this all, whole thing that John Gruden got involved with, I think it started with investigations that stemmed from all the sexual harassment and everything that began in Washington. Mm. And then they just expanded their investigation. And next thing you know, these other places are getting involved in it too. Yeah. So, I mean, and like I said last week, I thought it was pretty interesting that ESPN was covering a story on John Gruden about emails that he sent while he worked at ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and yet nobody seemed to have anything. And, you know, listen, I mean, competitive sports are are anything but just pretty i mean people need to get get off this idea that you know when you're when you're part of a team you know everything is just going to be perfect and it's not it's not i mean you have a lot of hot-headed individuals on in one arena on one field you're not going to become successful in that kind of high speed Base or baseball, maybe you could, you know, be a little quieter, more reserved of an individual. But when you're in a sport that's, you know, contact like football or hockey, and even basketball, I'll, I'll throw that in there because there's a lot of flashy players in there. Yeah. But you're gonna have a lot of individuals that are Type A personalities. Oh, without a doubt. And they're 100% gonna clash. 
Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're banging into each other every day. But I mean, it's, this is, this is the, you know, the modern era's version of like, of like the, the Roman Colosseum. I mean, this, this is what it is, whether people want want to know it or not. It's, it's not pretty. It's, it's not pretty at all. I mean, and I'm, I'm not talking just about the game itself, practices, players fighting for positions they're they're brutalizing each other to get to get a job right and we see that all the time i mean look yeah. at nfl preseason there's always a story that leaks about players getting into fights yeah of course i mean you, you have you have some some of the most you know some of the most hot-headed individuals on a field together taking part in a very very physical activity what do you think's going to happen there's going to yeah. be a lot of shit talking there's there's going to be a lot of fighting there's gonna be there's gonna be people getting hurt, on and off the field. It's Listen, gonna you're, you're talking about shit talking. This is something that happens when you get a bunch of guys together in general. Oh yeah, right. you get just a bunch of fucking meatheads <laughs> <laughs> together, just doing God knows what the hell's coming in, into their mind. But just talking shit. And if it, let's face it, if somebody talks enough shit to you, you're gonna lose your mind. And yeah. this is just that it's that kind of bumping environment. But I mean, here we are. We're talking about things that happen on the ice that you see. Or, practice or whatever but behind the scenes i mean this is that's why this whole story is crazy because we saw that these two individuals this the center kyle beach and then this brad character like they were in san jose playing against the san jose sharks you know and there was an encounter out there i mean something had to happen where they were together alone i mean yeah listen i'm not saying it's okay because it sounds like when i when i say this it's almost like you know, I'm saying like a, if a woman put herself in a, in a, in, you know, in an environment or a, a setting where, you know, she was ultimately sexually assaulted or harassed or whatever, then, yeah. then she knew what she was doing. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is that, you know, something, there, there was a little fuckery afoot when these two individuals who are quote unquote consensually getting together in general. Yeah. I mean, and then a video a video coach overpowers a fucking hockey player. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it is a little odd. Yeah, I don't know. Sticking with hockey or moving on to, to football a little bit more. So we'll stick with uh, Emilio Estevez. He's not returning to the Mighty Ducks game changers for season two. Now, you said that you watched the first season. It was I pretty did. entertaining. It was. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. Um, I, I was never really, I was never into, into the Mighty Ducks like through the 90s. Really? I played in it a really tournament. Wasn't. I played in a tournament in New York, and Alexei Kovalev was there from the New York Rangers, which I thought was so fucking cool. Really, because it was at Rye Playland, and that's, that's it, cool. There's rinks at Rye, and that's where the Rangers. I don't know if they still do, but that's where they used to practice. Oh, that's cool. So it was cool. He came out there, got his autograph, shook his hand. Thought it was so cool. I was like, dude, he looked me in my eyes. It's yeah. awesome. And then there was he spoke to me in broken English. He he just he didn't even he just nodded. That's all he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he did, and uh, and then there was two actors from the Mighty Ducks that were there. Oh, Remember really? the goalie from Maine, the female? Yeah, she was there, and I can't remember who the other one was. It was a minor, minor role player. Uh, was it was it was it Juicy Juicy Smoulier? He was in the movie. He was. He no. was in the. I think he was in the first two Mighty Duck movies. Really? Yeah. Yep. Come on! I swear to God, he's in it. Check it out. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I was never really, I was never into it. I mean, like even playing hockey, getting into college, like all my, all my, all my, you know, all my teammates were all into it and 
oh you know you, you, we, we got to do the the what is it the the flying v or something like that. i'm like what the hell are you guys talking about so like you've never seen the mighty ducks i was like no i don't i don't watch disney movies i'm, I'm in my early 20s sorry kids and they're like oh you got it. How, are you a hockey player i never saw the mighty ducks i'm like well my parents never really subscribed to disney so i really didn't have an option to be quite honest but i was never really into it and um so like I loved it did you i loved it yeah, yeah. i may, maybe as a kid it probably would have liked it a lot more but um no then like so last year we watched like you know we we subscribed to to disney plus and we watched some of the the you know like the the new like you know like when we were we talked about on the episode like falcon and the winter soldier yeah yep then like the last episode it like transitioned to captain america and the winter soldier yeah well after that we we started watching the the this new mighty duck show the the game changers it was actually pretty funny i i knew emilio estevez was was in the originals he was in this as well and it was actually pretty entertaining I was like, oh, this is actually pretty funny. And my, my wife's like, haven't you seen the Mighty Ducks before? I'm like, no. She's like, how are you a hockey player? You never saw I'm like, you sound like my fucking college teammates. Like, just stop. I agree. With Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to say I have to agree. With so we, we finally decided to watch that. Like we've been we binge watched the all three of them in one night. And I mean, they're OK, but like it, they're they are classic movies. I'll 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 give everybody that. I was just never really into them, but I, I you know, come you know like the fact that disney came back and made that series was was actually pretty was pretty cool and to have emilio estevez back for it and all that other stuff and then toward the end of that season they started having some of the old players from the original movies come back as kind of like a reunion it was, it was actually pretty it cool. sounds like it's a bit of a, like a cobra kai kind of thing yeah almost like a little nostalgia yeah, yeah I, I guess you could say but um but yeah, I mean, the uh, you know, why the hell are we bringing this up? Well, the reason why uh, Emilio Estevez is not going to be returning to to season two, of the game changers, is that he refuses to take the COVID vaccine, which has basically been mandated by Disney for all their quote unquote zone A, you know, entertainment people or movie or TV people. I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. Yeah, because over the past 48 hours, the, I don't, was it the Supreme Court that in, basically injected? They put a pause to this whole vaccine mandate thing yeah. for companies over a hundred people. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where this is going to go. I mean, we we've discussed this openly before, and just in regards to mandates, and you know, even yourself being involved in the medical field, you think it's a little, you know, draconian to mandate people to take vaccines, even yeah. though I mean. You know, when you're a day old, two days old, you're getting plugged full of vaccines anyway. But the, I was listening to something that was interesting. They were talking about basically the definition, if you will, and you could definitely put your two cents into this, is that vaccines are typically things that are given to you that immunize, am I saying that correctly, immunize yourself from like any particular thing. Like, for example, polio, you get this shot yeah. when you're a kid and you're never going to get polio, measles, mumps, rubella, all those things, whooping cough, et cetera, life, the list goes on. But whereas this is something, it shouldn't be classified as a vaccine because it doesn't immunize yourself from COVID. Or the same thing could be said about like the flu vaccine. But it's or but, is vaccine just the name for something that's injected into you? 
you know, it doesn't have to be injected. I mean, there, there, there are certain influenza vaccines that are inhaled. Nasal, right. They're, they're intranasal. Uh, there's a polio vaccine that was actually oral years ago. I think they stopped doing it because they actually found that people would start actually producing the polio virus from it, shedding it in their feces, and then it would get into, into you know, uh, uh, sewer waste. Water supplies, yeah. essentially. I don't think yeah. they had quite advanced treatment plants as we do today <laughs> yeah but i mean the regardless i mean it, it seemed to have it was an issue from from then but i mean it, a vaccine is basically anything that helps the primary immune system to get a, a, a more specific antibody response against a certain pathogen now whether it's it's an injection inhalation oral inoculation whatever it doesn't really make a difference to be quite honest and when people say that this is not a vaccine, it is. I mean, it works in a different way. I mean, typically, traditionally, but there, and that's the thing, there's no, there's no set standard for what a vaccine has to be. Like it has to be a part of a pathogen or something like that, which is like how the, the pneumococcal uh, vaccine works or acellular pertussis or, or diphtheria or tetanus. It, it, it it, whatever works to get your immune system primed for that pathogen, that's a vaccine. It's as simple as that. So, but it's just, you know, we talk about vaccine mandates and you see it on yeah. a level, just companies, a hundred people or more that it's, it's pushed here. And like I just said, it's, it's put on pause basically. And who knows how long that's going to actually last for. But meanwhile, you have people in Australia, which has basically been a military state for yeah. you know the past several months here where people are you know it's like the the police sole job right now is to arrest you if you leave your house <clears throat> yeah and you remember here like when we were at our peak when it was basically locked down here you know i obviously a lot of friends in different forms of law enforcement and just hearing how the domestic violence and you know breach of peace how everything skyrocketed just people coexisting in these habitats where they just <laughs> shouldn't be you yeah. know, they can't get us any, can't get away from each other. Yeah. They just have that proverbially, they have that nagging wife. I'm sure there's nagging husbands too. I'm they sure there's plenty of shitty husbands. You can't get away from them. Just like, why did you, you didn't do the laundry? So yeah. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> we're in the same sweatsuit for a week. Yeah, exactly. And where am I going? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, these, these, I don't know, these, these mandates, listen, I'm, I'm all for the vaccine. I'm all for people getting the vaccine and I'm all for people making the right decision for themselves, but it has to be based on the right information. It can't just be, you know, you're, you're just finding a piece of information that affirms your bias and that's it. Um, I, I really think that you have to be objective in the information that you're seeking for this, because if, if everybody did use that logic, and I'm not saying that to push my own agenda, but I'm, I'm trying to be as objective with it as I possibly can. If everybody used that logic, the vast majority of people that are opposed to the vaccine would actually get the vaccine, as opposed to just saying, oh, well, you know, I'm just against it because, you know, this is the, the, the politicians on the left that are pushing for it. And because I, I'm a Republican or I'm somebody on the right, I'm not going to get it just because they're pushing for it and they're making something up. Like, I mean, come on. It's just use real logic as opposed to just, you know, making some, some shit up. Look, I, I don't like lefty politicians any more than you do, to be quite honest. 
but that's the excuse that you're going to use. Right. I mean, I told you about somebody who's like, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I'm conservative. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, the vir- the virus I'm, doesn't infect you. I'm, I'm pro gun too. What does that mean? <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where we're going with this. Like, it just doesn't, it, logic. it makes no sense. But, but I the mean, thing is, is as much as this vaccine is still being pushed, we have evidence that shows that people that have the vaccine are still getting it, are still spreading it, are still in some cases dying from it. They are, but it, we're, we're making, we're oversimplifying all of this. Okay. So like, you know, like Joe, Joe Rogan on this podcast with, with, with Sanjay Gupta was, you know, there's a case of a girl, 19 years old who got the vaccine and then ended up with those like severe heart condition, then ended up dying for it from it. Well, I, but you're taking that from a news article. You're not taking that from an actual case report written up in medical literature that is peer reviewed and all that other stuff. Now, maybe something bad did happen to this girl after the vaccine. I don't know. But in reality, is it really due to the vaccine or is it due to an infinite number of other factors that could have contributed to this? Nobody really knows for a fact. So the the point I'm trying to make there is that just looking at that one case and basically saying that, see, I told you this is bad for you because that one case compared to the hundreds of millions, if not almost billions of people worldwide that have gotten the vaccine is it's you're, you're being very short-sighted right now. I'm, I'm not suggesting you completely ignore that. It needs to be investigated without a doubt. And that's, that's where the true science comes in is that you investigate these cases and you say for certain that this absolutely did happen because of the vaccine or it didn't. Okay. Now no system is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But if you were if you were a betting person, I could guarantee you that your risk of getting infected, your risk of becoming symptomatic from that infection, your risk of hospitalization from that infection, your risk of of ventilation and admission to the ICU and death from COVID is severely reduced in comparison to if you were not vaccinated. So okay. I think a big takeaway from what you just said is, you know. And it's funny because a lot of the people that that go with with the argument that I just posed are the same people that say, well, if it comes to something else, it's a statement or something. It's like, well, you took that out of context. Well, we don't know the context, like you said, of what underlying conditions may have been for this 19-year-old girl. There may have been a litany of other things, but you're not talking about that. You're just talking about the end results and not everything that led us to there. Yeah, and and that's and that's a thing. Like you know, and 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 the reason why I'm bringing this up is that in as a medical professional, okay, and I'm I'm going to refer mostly to to physicians and to and to to pharmacists. And the reason why I bring this up is that I can't say the same for PAs, for nurses, for anybody else because I I just don't know what their training is like. But I know for physicians and pharmacists specifically, we we literally take a class in how to scrutinize medical literature. So if there's a if there's a, a, a an article that's written with regard to a certain treatment or a certain product or a patient case, we're 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 trained to read through that and to scrutinize it and to scrutinize the methodology, to scrutinize the 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 diagnostics that they use, the treatments that they use, the dosage, all that other stuff. Every single situation. Because, and the reason why is that when it comes to us treating our own patients, 
we have to take the information that we saw in that one case and see, is it applicable to this particular case? Same thing with large clinical studies. You have to look at, at the, at the, um, at the methodologies, at, at their endpoints that, that they're going after. Kind of, if you look at a lot of, of advertisements for newer oncology agents, okay, so for, for cancer chemotherapy, and now this is going to sound like me being very negative about it, but I'm, I'm going to give you my perspective on it. Um, you see a lot of advertisements on TV for newer oncology agents. We'll, we'll name a couple, just say like, you know, Keytruda is probably one of the most famous ones. Agents, do you mean therapies? Yeah. So like cancer chemotherapy, uh, agents, we'll say drugs, medications. Um, Keytruda like puts out all these ads, you know, increases survival in patients with stage four non-small cell lung cancer. Okay. Sounds great, right? If you were to look at the the five year five year survival in patients with stage four non small cell lung cancer, it's still less than ten percent. Okay, regardless of the treatment. But how could that be if Keytruda is showing all these great things? Well, it's because in the ad they don't tell you that the endpoint that they were looking for was you know was there a statistically significant difference in survival. Okay, between the Keytruda group and the the comparator group, Who that want to be a placebo group of that one. That that survive, yeah, that survival could have been, you know, statistically significant. Could have been three weeks more survival. Okay, so you live three weeks longer than the person in the other group because you're taking a law of averages. Yeah, pretty much. In the end, when you look at all of it, you're still fucking dead after three weeks. Mm. And people are like, oh, well, you know, the quality of life here is that you get. I'm sorry. There's no quality. My my dad had stage four I'm lung cancer. Friends of ours, actually, even now, we're yeah. seeing him like, you know, what he's going through. And it's just, he's yeah. ravaged. Yeah, exactly. You know? So like when you, when you, when you, when you, when this, the medical literature comes out as a pharmacist or as a physician, you are trained to, to scrutinize that, that literature to see if it's applicable for your patient population. If it's not, then you're basically making a clinical judgment call. But when it comes to the to case reports, kind of like what like what I was saying about what Joe Rogan was saying about this one case is that you have to look at the totality of the data that's coming in from that particular case to make a real assessment if it's truly due to that particular treatment or to that problem or not. As a 19-year-old that just got the vaccine and all of a sudden had this severe heart condition where, you know, they ended up dying from it, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm skeptical of it being from the vaccine. Well, also, you hear in this one instance, and granted, I mean, if there's one instance, there's probably a couple dozen more. But we're talking about how many millions, hundreds of millions at this point. You know what I mean? There's, well, in the United States alone. ninety million people have already received the vaccine. I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, I wouldn't want to be that one person. No, you wouldn't. And it's in. It, but how many times have you bought a lottery ticket, thinking you know, like hoping that you were that one person? Exactly. And how many times were you not? Exactly. Every fucking time. Yeah, I mean, you probably have a better chance of being hit by lightning than something like that happens happening to you from the vaccine. So that's something you have to think about. I mean, if if you want if you want no risk whatsoever from it, then don't leave your house at all. Yeah. It's interesting because you can't do that. You know, we're talking about <clears throat> mandates and everything. And, you know, you get this idea like, you know, 
people that don't want the vaccine and, and they're using this the term my body my choice and Saturday Night Live did a little bit and they were they were joking about it they're like you know these the lawmakers in Texas saying my body my choice for the vaccine but they just made a pact that they won't use that term for anything literally else yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's just it's it's just but that's a Something in itself. Uh, Pat Tillman, his birthday was yesterday. He would have been 45 years old. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the NFL retire his uniform number. So there, it, so, so this is a, this is actually an old, it's, a, it's an old article, but I figured I'd bring it up just because his birthday was yesterday. So November 6th is Pat, Pat Tillman's birthday for, for the audience members that don't, don't know. Pat Tillman was a defensive back for the Arizona Cardinals was drafted by by the Arizona Cardinals back in the late 90s. Went to Arizona State. Yep, went to Arizona State. Um just a uh I read his book, great book. Did you? Yeah. I didn't I, I didn't haven't yeah, read it yet. A few years ago. Yeah. Um he was in the NFL I, th- I want to say like 3 or 4 years. And then he was offered a a 3-year multi-million dollar contract He with was the set to get the biggest contract of his career. Mm-hmm. Because he proved himself on the field. Yeah, he did. And he, very hard working individual. Unbelievably. I mean, there's stories in his book where he's talking about how he made a pact with one of his buddies. They were going to do a marathon. And in the off season, him and his wife, along with his buddies, they went to, and his wife, they went to Italy. And they're like, regardless what we do at night, we're still training for this marathon. So there, there are stories about him getting rip shit. You know, they're all having a good time, you know, having a few drinks. And then next thing you know, they're still... They're, they're putting in the miles the next day regardless because their goal is to do it. So, I mean, just goal-driven. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. I mean, getting to the NFL in general is one hell of a goal. Oh, absolutely. Granted, you're blessed with amazing talent. You're mm-hmm. blessed with amazing genetics. But the drive that it takes to get there, I mean, there's, there's a reason. I mean, remember a few years ago, or maybe it was just last year, but they were talking about Cameron Newton and his waking up at like four in the morning just to yeah. go and start his day. But that's what you, you got to do to get an edge. Yeah. It, it takes work to get an edge. And just like mm-hmm. with anything, yeah, you know, if you want to be successful in anything, you got to put in the work to do it. Mm-hmm. Some people think that it should be handed to you there. Yeah. And, and no, it, and, and it, it most certainly shouldn't, but, but those aren't going to be the people that get their number universally retired from the NFL. Yeah. So you're saying this this petition that got started started apparently. in May apparently yeah yeah so I I just I brought this particular article up just because it's his birthday yesterday but it's interesting to kind of see this and for for people who might not know know the story the reason why we're talking about this is that when he was set to get that that biggest contract of his career he actually walked away from the NFL and enlisted in the army. Uh, shortly after September 11th and you know speaking of making you know the NFL to make things even more difficult left a multi-million dollar potentially posh lifestyle potentially went into the well yeah it was pretty posh when he left probably according to yeah. the book yeah he yeah. was doing pretty well for himself exactly um but he went into the army and he didn't just stop at you know boot camp in the army he went for the rangers of course rangers isn't exactly an easy thing to to go after no it wasn't even just that either it was airborne yeah he he was he was accomplished yeah yeah he he was uh he was pretty pretty badass 
Um, but unfortunately, I, I, I don't remember the year. Was it 2006, I think? I don't remember the year that it happened, but I remember the story of what happened. Yeah, he was, he was deployed to Afghanistan and was out on a mission. Ended up get, um, getting hit with friendly fire and was Fratricide, killed. Yeah, yeah, killed yeah. In action. And, and, I mean, when you get to that point of the book where it's talking about the incident, basically he was taking a position, and him and somebody else they were positioned behind a rock. Now there was some kind of miscommunication, obviously of epic proportion that got them led there. But I guess the convoy was coming up, and something happened, and I don't know if there was enemy combatants involved in it. I can't remember. I read this book years ago, probably 10 years ago by at this point. And a firefight ensued. And like you start reading just his, what his, well, basically his, his, you know, co-worker at that point, you know, other fellow, fellow service yeah. member. Uh, who was next to him and is talking about like what what he witnessed and he was like Tillman like he really recognized that it was friendly fire and he was standing up and he was like it's me it's it's Tillman it's it's Pat like his last words were it's Pat fucking Tillman and, it, and you know he, he his his account is that shortly after that he he just he stopped hearing it and he heard what sounded like water leaking from a faucet. And he looked back and he saw just the blood leaking. It was it was done. Jesus. He got he got hit right in the head. Um Yeah. So that's that. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's awful. Yeah, but the thing is is that what we don't recognize like <clears throat> coming from the NFL, I don't see it happening. What do you mean? Regardless of the petition and what kind of steam it gets, I don't think the NFL would, would do it. I yeah. don't think the NFL would do it. Reason being, and I could be off on this, but I believe that there was, like, when there was, you know, not not the flyovers, but like whenever there was like something talking about like you know armed service, like whenever there's recognition to any branch of the military during a game, it was actually paid for by the military as a form of commercialization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know if that's true. I could I could be wrong. Also, I mean, this is also an organization and I'm skeptic from a law enforcement perspective because I remember years ago where that individual was in Dallas. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a, there was a rally going on. Maybe it was a black, it's irrelevant, whatever the rally was for, because this guy obviously was quite the extremist military background and Dallas police were dispersed to this area and he basically hunted him down he was bulletproof best yeah i remember that there were several members of, of the dallas police force that were killed during I think this. five yeah and dallas cowboys wanted to just put a small decal on their helmet and they were denied because of uniform compliance that's insanity it is insanity i mean like this is an organization that'll like allow you to decorate your your, your shoes for yeah whatever you know whatever it is for that particular weekend you know you could wear pink for an entire month of october police are pigs on your on your shoes right that's fine but like when we support these people that are providing security for you as you enter and exit the facility that you work you know playing a game playing a game and 
those people are providing a service for you, but you, you can't recognize them. Yeah. That's why I feel skeptical when it comes yeah. to if the, if the National Football League would actually support, you know, somebody like Pat Tillman. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. I, mean, I, 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 I think it would be, I think it would be great if they did, but I mean, they can't even support law enforcement. Like I said, these people are escorting them to and from the facility. You know, these people are yeah. running out there tackling people that jump onto the field and want to run naked across, you know, <laughs> if it's Florida, I would assume they were on meth, but I don't know that, <laughs> but it's crazy. Yeah. I, I just, I, so the, the whole petition is to try to uh, retire Pat Tillman's number across the NFL. So his number 40 to try to get their retired from every single team. I, I would be for that. I, I would have absolutely no problem with that I whatsoever. I would as well. But even if you go into like Major League Baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball is historic. There's only two numbers that are retired throughout. And that's Jackie Robinson and Mariano Rivera. Are they the same number? No, same they number. are the same number. Yeah. So the only reason that number is retired is because of Jackie Robinson. The only person that was allowed to wear the number was Mariano Rivera yeah. because he had it and, before. And, and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, if there is one player, and not that like, you know, there was like so many similarities between them because there really wasn't. But I mean, you're Mar- talking Jackie Robinson, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mar- Mariano Rivera was just a, an ad. He was like, a great closer. But so I mean, was, so was Trevor Hoffman. So was, you know. Yeah. But I mean, are arguably the greatest closer of all time. Yeah. But I don't think this conversation is about him. I think this conversation is about no, Jackie Robinson. I agree. Yeah. No, w- without a doubt. I mean, the, yeah, the conversation is definitely about, about Jackie Robinson. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'd be okay with that. I, to, to be quite honest. I mean, when you have, when you have such when you have players that that sacrifice so much of their own personal life for you know for a cause or so much of their professional life for a personal cause it really should be commended though because those are the real heroes that that we have in our lives i mean you could have a you know tom brady is a great quarterback he's a, he's a great football player he, yeah, he, I don't think number 12 is going to get and retired no, and across the league. Nor no, should it? No, it should. And this is from a guy who was a Patriots right. fan, you know, my entire this life. Is, and this is coming from somebody myself who hated Tom Brady for years, but really in the past few years really understood he, he, he is the greatest quarterback of all time, without a doubt. He is a fierce competitor, but he hasn't done anything to really sacrifice his, his professional career for a personal cause for all of us but somebody like pat tillman did he he literally sacrificed his life not his not just his professional career but his life right for the country that's the ultimate sacrifice exactly that should be commended it really should that's a story that that should be told on a regular basis and 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 to be fair he's not the only one that has done stuff like that I mean, yes, he's the most high profile figure, but if you look at all the Medal of Honor recipients that that have ever gotten it in in the U.S. military history, I mean, these are some fucking incredible stories. Right. Some of the shit that these people do is is unfucking believable. In fact, Netflix had a they they had like this this miniseries, like I don't know, it was like eight or ten episodes, um, of of various Medal of Honor recipients. That have gone in various wars. 
and just the stories that that you hear are are fucking incredible yeah i went down a rabbit hole that was similar just on youtube just world war ii recipients of uh, just like even world war ii even vietnam just people yes. t- recounting their stories and things like my father fought in vietnam and even as a kid like i didn't want to ask him those stories because just i know yeah. uh, you know i knew at the time and like in hindsight i wish you know he was still here so we could have some of these conversations and just kind of yeah but i mean telling him telling some of the stories about some of the things that he he went through and he was always pretty open about it if i did ask it was just so much i didn't want to put him through it but yeah. he was he was always pretty cool about you know what i asked i mean there was one time we had a he had a little like a like an ammo container you know like those like the metal like yeah you, you open it unlock it and the thing yeah yeah so he had something like that that was full of a bunch of stuff from when he was over there, just letters and, you know, pictures, a bunch of other stuff. But there was a, uh, there was one that, there, there was a, a magazine, by magazine, I mean like the cartridge, yeah. if you will, for in layman's terms. Um, or a clip. A clip, right. Yeah. Um, and there was just like this impact, like dent in it from another bullet. Yeah. So basically he was shot. He was hit. Yeah. And that saved him. And it's pretty crazy because years later, like I remember there was a kid that I grew up with and apparently I showed it and I, I ran into him like maybe 25 years later. And like we were just talking, chewing the shit. He's like, and he actually brought up, he's like, I remember the time you showed me your dad's magazine like when he almost got hit and this and that. I was like, it's pretty crazy. Like you remember it. You know, we weren't obviously if I hadn't seen yeah. him in 25 years, we weren't the closest of friends. But for some of these stories like that, to have somebody that wasn't even directly impacted by it, mm-hmm. to remember some of these stories oh, yeah. and these accounts that happened there. I mean, we're, you know, talking to my dad about it and he had told me, he's like, yeah, I remember the day that that happened. Should hit the fan. It's like, you know, we sent this guy up to the point. He got shot to shit. And it's like, I'm like, all right, all right you, you, could, you don't have to keep talking about it. But he did. And that's one of the stories like I, I appreciate the moment I hold on to because he was saying, he was like, yeah, I remember that day with that, that magazine. He's like, obviously it was inoperable. I couldn't use it, but I, I was pulling those bullets out of that magazine and stuffing them in another magazine because I needed them that day. Jesus Christ. You know, tell, him telling stories about how he was crawling through the, through the brush and early on, you know, it's kind of like, it was making me think like, remember, like, <clears throat> Even like reading books and stuff about other guys who went overseas, even with like Afghanistan, Iraq, or whatever, talking about like, you know, trying to go light, you know. And then, yeah, I think Marcus Luttrell or maybe it was Jocko was watching something where they were talking, they were like, no, no, you want as much body armor yeah. as you could get, <laughs> you know. And like, and my dad was saying, saying, like, he, he was kind of crawling through and he came out towards his team. And I mean, you can see me, I've, I mean, great. There's a couple of grays in there now, but got black hair. And my father was the same way, crawling through the brush. And this is the 70s, you know, got some longer hair. He's like, he's, he's, he told me how one of his his teammates was like, yeah, you crawled through there. And I almost snubbed up. Hey, you got that black hair. I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were Via Charlie talk. on the wire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he's like, ever, he's like, after that, I wore my helmet every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, just one of the stories that I that I saw from that Netf- that Netflix program was, so it was an hour long program about a guy called Vito Bertoldo. I mean, I, I know this just being Italian, 
So the the story of Captain America, so the the comic book of Captain America, is loosely based on the story of Vito Bertoldo. He was exposed to radiation. No, but that's Vito, where the story ends. <laughs> yeah, that that that's where it ends. No, Vito Vito Bertoldo was was an Italian American who enlisted in the army during World War II. Now, I, I'm probably going to butcher the story, but I'm giving you a, a very rough summary of what it is. He enlisted in the military. He got denied like four four times because he was underweight. He was short. He really wasn't fit for military duty. For, this is Italian. Exactly. Was it for the Italian military or was it for the United States military? Oh, no, for the a, U.S. Okay. The, the, I, I'm only pointing this because you said he was underweight, which is definitely yeah. not a problem these days. <laughs> Carry on. So... He, he was from around the Chicago area and he enlisted, I think four different times and got denied four four separate times. Finally, he got in, they got him in as like a cook or something like that. So he got deployed to, to Europe. Um, and then I, I, I don't remember how the story went, but he ended up getting onto the front lines and he ended up, I, I don't know what the hell happened to him, but he ended up in France in a t- in like a small village in France and it apparently it was like a, a, a critical access point for for the Germans yeah uh to to enter into into France and if they passed that particular village then they would have had better access to certain areas of France and again I'm butchering the story but I'm I'm giving you a, a I'm trying to give you a, a the 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 cliffs notes version right, version right. of this synopsis yeah so he was the only guy left in that fucking village I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but he was the only guy there. And he was like only armed with like a BAR automatic rifle. And apparently he he repelled, I don't know how many waves of Germans on his own. Like he killed, I don't know how many dozens of Germans that day by himself. And it was like for 48 hours straight, he defended that village by himself. Where did he have all this ammunition from? I have no fucking clue how he did it. I, I, the, and that, that, that's, that's a great thing about the Netflix docuseries is that it gives you all those details. Like the Germans even came in that night with a fucking tank. Okay. And he, he literally, he killed all the soldiers around the tank. The tank even fired a couple artillery shells like into his area. He survived. He was all shell shocked from it, but he waited for the for the tank commander to come out of the tank to come looking for him. He snuck behind the guy and fucking killed him. This motherfucker's a cheat code. He is. He's, he's a fucking <laughs> god code, is what he is. But like, like that. That's that's an incredible story. Like that's that's somebody who sacrifices themselves for for everybody else. And this is the whole point about Pat Tillman. I mean, like he doesn't have an incredible military story, but the fact that he left behind the American dream, I guess you could say, to sacrifice himself for everybody else. I mean, if that's not if that's not enough for the NFL to say, you know, this guy's pretty fucking special. Right. We really should should remember him. I, I would be perfectly okay with that. <laughs> At whatsoever. least a remembrance. Yeah. A league wide yeah. remembrance. But that won't happen. I, w- with the state of the, the NFL nowadays, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Mm. And it's it's sad. It really is. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. So shifting gears. 
<laughs> Hopefully it's something a little more uplifting. Uh, there's nothing ever uplifting about a podcast. <laughs> the spending in the infrastructure bill is outrageous. So the United States, we, we passed an infrastructure bill. Um, it was pitched as bipartisan. Um, it's a 2,000 page plus uh, investment in jobs act. And it recently was passed. But the thing is, is, you know, it's just like any other goddamn bill where there's so much pork in it. Yep. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, looking through some of this, I mean, 500 or 50 million for a central Utah project commission, whatever that is, $5 billion, $5 billion. Okay. So the, $5 billion. Dollars. Hold on. Hold on. This or, is wait just a for wait a minute. Hold on. low or zero emissions school buses. So in Utah, did Mitt Romney vote for the bill? Um, that's I, a real question. I, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if we can find it. Go ahead. All right. You looked that up. Yep. 2.5 billion for a carbon storage commercialization program. 21.5 billion for clean energy dem demonstrations. Demonstrations. I don't know what we're showing with these demonstrations, but they're just demonstrations that just shows you what you could do with something as far as I'm concerned. Demonstrations don't usually translate into everyday use. $75 million for the Denali Commission, whatever that is, $14.2 billion for Federal Communications Commission. Okay, so we know what the FCC is. Why do they need $14.2 billion? Thirty, excuse me, $3.5 billion for Indian Health Service, whichever that is. Are we contributing to try to help India get um, off of ivermectin and <laughs> get everybody to... <laughs> Take the vaccine. Three point four billion dollars for federal buildings fund. I could see federal buildings fund kind of fitting into infrastructure loosely. However, I mean twenty five, two hundred fifty million dollars for reducing truck emissions, or excuse, excuse me, uh, reducing truck emissions at ports. This is just at ports. Five hundred million for healthy streets program, allowing cities to provide funding to deploy cool and porous pavements and expand tree cover to mitigate urban heat islands, improve air quality, and reduce flood risks. Now, one would argue that these are not really... When I hear infrastructure, I think bridges, I think highways, even Roads. sidewalk, you know, I'll even, I'll even say sidewalks because especially in an urban setting, a lot of people are, dry, are, are, are walking and commuting and, you know, taking subways, buses, etc. I don't see... I mean, so far we've talked billions and billions of dollars and none of them are even allocated to a single fucking bridge. So yep. there could be a little bit of frustration there. Yep. Uh, $75 million for Open Challenge and Research Proposal Pilot Program, which provides grants to pro uh, for proposals to research needs for challenges identified or determined as important by the, uh, the secretary. Why does the secretary get carte blanche to decide on what is important and what's not? Um, mm -hmm. It also proposes a federal system funding alternative advisory board that must appoint advocacy groups focused on equity, among other things. These don't make sense to me. These sound like a bunch of appointed positions where people get to decide where money goes that's not even directly reported to or, or related to rather. Um, transportation or you know like i said loosely like federal buildings yeah. i mean you could call that infrastructure when i hear infrastructure i picture like you know things that are necessity for day-to-day -day yeah. productivity if you will 
Yeah. You know, I, I would even I, I would even throw like town halls into the category of infrastructure. Right. Because you essentially kind of need those. There's that's where your tax collector is. That's where your mayor is. That's where the offices is that. Yeah. But that should be taken care of by municipal taxes. It, it should be. Not by federal taxes. It should be. Okay. I see your argument. Okay. So you want to say capital? State capital? On a larger scale? Yeah, I guess. Okay. More municipal. Nonetheless. I, I, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Did I mention anything that was res- re- remotely involved to anything like that doesn't really sound like no that. no no at all no what was the overall price tag of this infrastructure bill i believe 1.2 trillion trillion it's got to be trillion i mean i've already yeah. thrown out billions yeah huh. and it seems like maybe about 10 percent of it was actually put towards like the actual infrastructure like what you're talking about but we've seen this before right what was the last stimulus bill the last stimulus bill had like it was $1.9 trillion. This is the last one. This was, I think, in I think either December or January. Yes. I think it went through right after Biden took office. Was it right after or right before? I think it was right before. I think it was actually signed into law by Trump. Okay. Because, and I do remember the whole thing about, about UAP reporting. So that being the case, I mean, I remember the allocation was... Like in the billions out of 1.9 trillion, like, let's not forget, you know, I mean, when we're talking about where decimal places go, you know, this is a a small percentage of what it was actually, what it's called and what actually is assigned to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know as as the people that were required to go to work during the pandemic report to buildings, report to, I mean, they were throwing out, like they were saying, you know, people... Anybody that basically was required to go to work during the pandemic was entitled to hero's pay. This mm-hmm. is being withheld from state workers across the board. It's, it's interesting. It's, yeah. Yeah. But that money was, was obviously a small percentage as well. Yeah. But, I mean, what Americans got as far as their stimulus, if they even got one? Yeah, I remember we did the math on that, like... What do people get, like $1,300 or something like that? I but believe if, so. And it was only a certain number of people. It wasn't every If you made person. over X amount of dollars, you weren't entitled to it. Yeah, I think it was it was less than $75,000 as an individual or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the, the numbers loosely. Yeah. So if you made less than that, then you were entitled to like $1,300 with the stimulus bill, but if you actually did the math with the amount of money that was spent on that stimulus bill. As a couple, I think it was like 150. Yeah. But if it was, if they, if they allocated every single cent in that stimulus bill to every single man, woman, and child in the United States, if you assume like 330 million people, people should have gotten something like, like $5,700. Yeah. People that were directly affected by it. Yeah. Because there's so much money that was like allocated to other bullshit. Yeah, that's pretty much Complete what it is. Bullshit. I mean, there was like for what is it? Uh, there, there was like lesbian and <laughs> studies and like yeah, Zimbabwe there was a with the, uh, there was a there was a certain yeah, I remember that bill. There was a certain college within Washington D.C. I believe that was for for the deaf. There's like twenty five million dollars allocated to the to the Gallaudet 
But the, Ke- the Kennedy Center got like monies for renovations. Yeah. The fuck this is a Kennedy? A the, million dollars for renovations. Yeah, I mean this during is like, a pandemic this is a where people bill, can't yeah. go to work anyway. Exactly. Nobody's <laughs> going to be able to see any event that takes place at the Kennedy Center. There was millions of dollars that was wasted across the board. I mean, granted, like if you want to throw like the Javits Center into the mix, you know, when they try to yeah. make it into like a you know, a temporary hospital. hospital yeah. yeah, but it only accepted like 10 patients total, something like that. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was kind of crazy. But, I mean, we were being proactive at the time. I mean, and plus, we were being flooded with images of these guys being, men and women being buried in like Potter's Field. Yeah. Like an island off the coast of New York City. Trenches and just people, bodies being stuffed in there. Mm-hmm. But COVID didn't exist. No. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, and this is this is where people need need to wake up. I mean, stop stop rooting for your political team, and really start paying attention to these things. Now, it's not like you can't find these find these bills. I mean, go to the U.S. House of Representatives, go to the go to the go to the Senate, and look for these fucking bills and read through them yourselves, rather than than arguing one way or another before you even read the damn thing. Look through it to see where all the bullshit, all, all the bullshit money is being spent on. In in all honesty, it's 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 a fucking travesty really when you is. see some of these things. Now, I mean, like it, there's so uh, this past week, I was actually listening to Glenn Be- Glenn Beck's program, and he had on a former, I want to say, I don't think he was the CEO of Toyota altogether. I think he was the CEO of Toyota North America. Or former CEO of Toyota North America. They were talking about about this this infrastructure bill, and he actually said that there were some good things in it, like trying to bring the production of these these um, these computer chips used in vehicles specifically to the United States. So there's something in that bill with regard to this to try to make it more palatable for companies to bring this technology to the United States. And a thing that fascinated me is he said that 90% of the manufacturing of these chips occurs in China. Okay, so for all the computer chips used in motor vehicles throughout the world, 90% of them are produced in China. Yeah. So if we could do something to bring some of that market to the United States, that that makes it that makes it a hell of a lot better for us, hundred okay. percent. I mean, I have a without friend a doubt that's been waiting for a new vehicle. He ordered it several months ago. It's insane, and he can't get it. Because it is of the fucking chip. insane He's on the chip, which is probably sitting in a freight carrier in the middle of <laughs> the Pacific. The Pacific, yeah. <laughs> you ever see aerial footage of all these ships out there? No, it's a sight to behold. It's just like you see. It's just like it looks like the ocean has acne. Really? And they're just scattered all over the place. That's insane. It is insane. Well, it was interesting because he was talking about the, the logistics of all of this. And he was talking about how, like, you know, if you talk like manufacturing, especially for like these large automobile corporations, like they don't have a warehouse of parts like on site. So it's they like have a, O'Reilly's auto parts. No, apparently right? not. No. So they they literally start production of these automobiles or the 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 I don't know the the engine or the or the frame whatever of, of these particular automobiles until like literally hours before the parts arrive. So they don't really start manufacturing these things like it it like literally everything is done 
in in a very very tight time frame so he's like you know the this whole thing about about trying to bring products in because of of the logistics has been a, a major problem from all this well it's like okay well then maybe we need to get our shit together and have an inventory of parts on hand in case you encounter something like this moving forward as opposed to having to wait for a fucking shipment of chips coming in from china and then you're like oh shit i'm i'm i'm, I'm shit out of luck at this point i can't make your truck for you for another six months because i don't have a fucking computer chip to put into it like really like th- this is this is poor fucking planning altogether why don't you have an inventory of parts i'm not saying you have an inventory for six months of parts sitting on hand but at least have like at least a month of parts on hand so in, in case something like this occurs you can account for it and, and you're not delayed in production well not only that but what happens if there's some kind of recall i mean jesus exactly you know then you've got countless people you, yeah who can't you, get to work. you have to have contingencies in place i'm like I, maybe maybe that's the reason why I'm not in you know I'm not in a major you know Fortune 500 company as a as, as an executive because you know I think of that way and I'm I'm not thinking about you know inventory and 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 logistics and and everything needs to be cut and everything needs to come on time but I mean seriously though we like if if there's one thing we could take out of, out of this pandemic that should have taught us something preparation you need to have better preparation and it's not i'm not talking just about fucking computer chips or cars but like you know being in somebody in healthcare, there's a good portion of our drugs okay that we use the end product that we use here in the united states or the the uh the actual uh, a lot of the pharmaceutical ingredients for our products are produced in either china or india Okay, I want people to to really keep that in mind. So why not, is that? Is it because of labor costs or cheaper is it because labor? Resources? It's all cheaper labor. That's pretty much what it comes down to. When when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, there was one particular company that was producing a lot of intravenous solution bags in Puerto Rico. Hurricane Maria. Hurricane Maria. A few, a few years back, shut that facility down completely. There was actually a shortage of intravenous solution bags here in the United States for a long. We felt those impacts. Now, I, I'm not suggesting that you shut that 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 production facility down in Puerto Rico. You keep that running, but you bring some of it onto the mainland as well. Like, why are the majority of our pharmaceuticals? That we use here in the United States, produced in fucking China. Well, not only that, but don't you think that it raises a level of liability? You know, in case, God forbid, down the line, you know, if if we consider a China, if we can consider China to be an enemy of ours, exactly, then we are completely we're, we're caught right there. They have us by the balls, hundred percent. There was actually a Netflix special. You were talking about it before. Um, just Netflix in general. And there, there was a special that I had watched and I was trying to find it and I can't remember because it was a series and it talked about a bunch of different topics. And China was one of them. And I would like to find it again. But it talked about how China's basically positioned themselves strategically to yeah. be like a, a world dominance. Absolutely. And it's just like, just basically, you know, even in Africa, um, owning land where basically, you know, transportation for any essential like 
materials needed for like lithium-ion batteries or such. Yep. You know, they basically own all that. Yeah, mining rights. Yes. Which they're quick to hop up and, and snatch in, in uh, Afghanistan as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, people need, need to understand that, you know, as an American, you can shit on China all you want. But they, they got their shit together. Yeah. They, Listen, they don't they, mess they, around. They've been doing the whole country thing for thousands of years. Yeah, they don't. We've got 200 years experience. Yeah, they, they don't mess around. They really don't. Like, listen, it, uh, from a military might perspective, we can, we can kick their ass any day. We but like to think in so. Terms of, in terms of manufacturing, in terms of, in terms of being able to, you know, logistics, they got us beat any day. They literally have us by the balls. At any at any particular point, all they need to do is squeeze a little bit and twist, and we're fucked. To be quite honest. Mm. Well, that's China. Yeah, China's by the balls. Nutshell. That's right. Switching gears, and uh, uh, one parlays into a, another subject. But first, we'll start. And you were asking me questions before we got started because there was a, a little bullet point that I had, and it was Vice written house post. Now. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you're familiar with Vice News. Yes. So Vice News, I, I follow it. They, they they do have some very interesting journalism. Um, I, I do agree with a lot of the stuff that they have. Some of it's just very enlightening. It's from a different perspective. Some of it's just stuff that wouldn't typically get covered from other media outlets, which I also appreciate. Mm. But they had this post on social media, namely Meta, formerly known as Facebook. <laughs> Although, you know, they, they announced it as Meta, and I haven't seen it referred to as Meta yet. It's just still Facebook. Still Facebook. So have you, have you seen any of their commercials on TV about Meta? No, they haven't. It's like, it's like all the people that they're showcasing on it are like, it's like the people that seem like they should be on like the island of misfit toys. <laughs> it's just like the... We're about like, a, mile, a month away from that. <laughs> month and a half. Month and a half. Um. A little over a month and a half. Yeah, we'll start seeing the shows in a month. But it's like, you know, like, you have like, so trans women or whatever the hell you want to, so a man dressing as a woman is like, as if like, that's like normal for them and all that other stuff. Yeah. Okay. We, we've covered, like, we, there was like Russian versus Chinese versus American recruitment videos. <laughs> yes. Basically, Russia has Ivan Drago waking up ready to go kill everybody <laughs> in the United States. Like, well, I'm an American with... I'm a cis diagnosed, with, yeah, with, with anxiety two, and this. So I'm yeah. scared all the time. Yeah, I have, I have two mothers. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what like what is going on here? Like really? Like, and I have no problem with like. Listen, if 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 two you know like gendered people want to start a family, I'm okay with that. But it's like when you when you start making that the centerpiece of our military, we'll say for instance compared to our enemies that don't care if you're trans or cis, they will still fucking cut your head off regardless. We have a serious problem on our hands. We, we, we just can't get out of our way. It's just, it's, it's fascinating. It really is. I don't know if I would call it fascinating. No, but not, <laughs> it's fascinating, but not in a good way. No, but this, uh, this article that I came across, it was basically talking about how Kyle Rittenhouse, the, all right. the The headline of the article was how uh, Kyle Rittenhouse turned away as they showed 
uh, video of him uh, fatally shooting these two individuals. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been watching a lot of this trial. I think the prosecution should have done better if they really want to convict this individual because, I, I, in my opinion, I feel like the, the prosecution is not doing very well. I mean, they're, they're walking through and they're like, okay, we could agree that this, this is a traffic light. Do you agree? We agree. This is a traffic light. Okay, we're good. Next, this person with the black shirt with white lettering. Do we all agree that it's a person with black, white lettering on the black, the black sweatshirt? We agree? Okay, good. Like, there was a point where they were talking about, he was given the prosecution that is, they had this individual, uh, like in, during opening statements, he was talking about how this, this person had a bag full of clothes and he had clothing in a bag because he was in a hospital, but let's just get this out in the open. It, it doesn't matter why he was in a hospital. He was in a hospital. It could have been for a litany of things. It could have been for COVID. It could have been for kidney dialysis. It could have been for this and that. We don't need to ask questions as to why he was in the hospital, but that's why he had clothing in a bag. And he went to his ex-girlfriend's house or a female acquaintance house. And he, he shouldn't have been there, so he just left. And he left there and he went to this downtown area. The judge followed up like, why are you, like, what does it matter if he was at this female's house before that he, he went there? He's like, well, he shouldn't have been there. And this is just to illustrate as to why he didn't sit there and why he was in downtown with a bag of clothes. Yeah, I, That's I, I, I had the same reaction. So then, so like, for uh, for people listening, it was the people's eyebrows. Which yeah, got raised. I, I had I had my eyebrow raised. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? So, which is probably what people listening to us at this point <laughs> would be thinking too. If you're not working on your English while living in China, so <laughs> so they were basically. This is where it was starting out to be. So I'm watching a lot of this trial unfold, and there was one point where the defense attorney for Kyle Rittenhouse was was illustrating like basically everything that led up to basically him getting slammed in the back of the head with a skateboard. Uh, and there was an illustration where there was another person that was raising his his arm up to level a firearm with Kyle Rittenhouse's head, mm-hmm. and that's when. He shot him. Mm. Okay. So I had I had already seen a bunch of this stuff. And I saw that there was so many comments on this headline that was posted on Facebook. And reading through the comments, it was nothing to support him. Instead, it was a bunch of posts that were saying like he should rot in hell for what he did. Um basically slamming him all together. He should have never been there. Why did he have a gun? All these other things. Like there was, there was a lot of things that led up to this motherfucker. Like he didn't just indiscriminately just go up there like clay or whatever the fuck this is. God, other guy is from, from Columbine and just start shooting people. But I couldn't believe it because I didn't see anybody in his defense. And the reason I put that bullet point there is because I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting because I had watched the, you know, I had some time, like I was, I was, it was on in the background, and I had watched some of this trial and saw some of the evidence that was pre- presented. But even before that, I knew some of the circumstances and, and saw the context. Here we go back to that word context, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, we saw like what led up to it, like which is 
why we're having a trial here. I mean, one thing that I thought was interesting was, I think we talked about it last week, and this is that the judge leading up to the trial had said that he wanted the the people involved in the trial not to refer to the people that got shot as victims, mm-hmm. but as protesters. You could talk to them as protesters because that's what they were doing. They yeah. weren't just like standing by flying kites and got blasted. That's not what happened. Yeah. But... I was so interested to see because there was thousands and thousands of comments and they were all saying like these things like how, you know, he should be forced to watch every, every, every minute of, of this encounter and how he deserves to rot in hell for this whole thing. And I I brought this up because I thought it was interesting because like I said, I, I had watched it and I had such an opposite opinion on this whole thing. And there wasn't one person that was presented on this forum as having the same opinion as I did. And there's no way that I'm the only person that thinks the way that I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have you ever like, I mean, for example, you and I, we, we've, we've done this just to prove a point. Like you could Google the sky is purple and you could find an article that will probably support yeah. the fact that the sky is purple, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many times have you been thinking like something like I'm just going to search this. It sounds so off the wall, but you start typing it in and it just automatically just pops up because somebody else has already searched that. Yeah, of course. We've got 380 or 330 some odd million people here in America alone. There's bound to be somebody else who had the same thought process before. Yeah. But there, it, it was... It was mind-boggling. I mean, have you watched any of this? No, I haven't. No. It, it, it's interesting. Um, like I said, uh, just to see the way that this whole thing is going to unfold, um, it, it's billed as like a defense case. I mean, they're trying to charge this guy with murder. And granted, he he did shoot a guy, but the guy was holding a gun. And he was attacking him. Wasn't it three that he shot? He shot three, two died. Mm. So one thing that was actually illustrated that I thought was interesting was when he was talking about like the guy that that hit him with the skateboard. Like he he was already he had fallen, he was on the ground. Guy went to hit him with the skateboard. He hit him with the skateboard. And he came up and like he's sitting down. So he's not like on a knee taking aim. He's he's he had already been kicked in the face. Yeah. With the the Defense was identifying as jump kick man <laughs> who wasn't harmed. Like he kicked him in the face with a boot and just ran off. But there was so much that led up to this. Like he, he was, he was there, he was doing, I mean, people, they could develop their own opinion. I encourage you to actually look into the trial, but he was there. He was, I guess from a neighboring state. He wasn't even from Wisconsin. I think he was from Illinois. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he, he didn't even own the gun that he used it was somebody else. They gave it to him. He was protecting a car dealership. And I'm seeing articles that I guess I, I didn't see this part of the, the hearing like the past couple of days. I, I didn't watch any of the trial. And I guess he was saying like people that own the car dealership was like, we never hired these guys to protect yeah. our business. But one thing that I thought was interesting is reading through all these comments, people would say insurance is there to protect the business. Yeah. How? How? That's like saying life insurance is there to protect you from dying. If you have life insurance, you're still going to presumably die from some form or fashion. If you have car insurance, that's not protecting you from getting into a car accident. That's protecting you from the liability and the the money lost. But that's not going to protect your loss. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, just to say that, oh, you know, it's okay for, for these anarchists to burn your business to the ground because you have insurance for it. No, that, that doesn't make it right by any stretch of the imagination. Right, but my argument was that why is there no discussion about the arson? Like, if you... Saying that the businesses are protected by the insurance is saying that the arson... Like, because for all intents and purposes, the people lighting the buildings on fire, they're, they're arsons. Yeah. And that's punishable by law. Yeah. That's, that's against the law to light a business on fire. Yeah. But those people weren't arrested. No, of course not. Which is why people like him went in there like vigilantes and yeah, and had to to protect these things. And it's I'll, interesting. I understand the two points of view. I I was talking this over with my wife, and it it is it is an interesting case because I mean, just like you said, it didn't seem like he was there, like just fucking trying to pick people off left and right. It was, I think at one point he actually had like, you know, first aid supplies for he people. Did. And he was like yelling for people like, In the beginning. if you yep. need help, I can help you and stuff like that. And yet this seems like there's a few individuals that, that decided to attack him anyway. And he decided to defend himself for it. Now, again, this is, well, this don't is, forget, this is my take they, on the He was running away. Yeah. So you know why he was running away? Why? Because somebody shot at him. Well, it's a good reason to run away. Yeah, no shit, right? Unless you're the Punisher. Then you run toward it. Yeah, it's, I don't give a fuck. You can put a fucking skull t-shirt on me. I'm still running away. <laughs> but, I mean, it, in my, my wife and I were actually talking about this. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is that we, and I know you and I have spoken about yeah. it before, is we watched that, that miniseries called Dr. Death. Yes. So, you know, they're, they're trying to basically nail this guy against the cross for all sorts of different things. But the thing is, is that they knew that their case wasn't going to hold water unless they went after a specific charge. Yeah. I forgot what the actual charge was, but it seems like this is a similar case with the prosecution. They're trying to nail him down for murder. Yeah. That's a very big charge to go after. Well, it's also you need to take a look and see what murder it is. A murder, first degree, secondary, third degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because but, those but that, also... That, but that's the thing, though. Murder is premeditated. Right. That means he went out thinking I was going to kill somebody. Yeah. And just because you have a firearm on you doesn't mean that you're going to commit murder. No, it that would that... be like saying any police officer that took exactly. the beat tonight is planning on killing somebody because they yeah. have a sidearm. Yeah, that's that's you, you can't assume no, that's, that. a re, that's a last resort. Exactly. Manslaughter is a different story. You want to talk about, you know, public endangerment. OK, maybe you can make that argument. But if you're going full tilt for like, you know, first degree murder. Well, then maybe they should have thought of that before they assigned exactly. charges. Exactly. That that's exactly what my wife and I were talking about. Now, my wife isn't exactly the most conservative person on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. I would tell you that she would say, you know, why the fuck was this kid out of state with a firearm that didn't belong to him doing all this shit? And I would argue the same thing. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? This isn't this is not your fight. I, right. I, and I, I, and I've seen that argument. Like yeah. People saying like, well, why was he there? He exactly. shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been armed. Well, regardless, take that out of the equation yeah. because that's not what's on trial. Exactly. Exactly. You are absolutely correct. You're absolutely right. That's not what's on trial. If the prosecutors are going after something more severe than what he was there for, I don't think they really have a case. 
but this is what we see because people want to get these knee-jerk reactions and make sure that there's something that's done. And, but, that, but and the, people the, would argue, not to cut you off, people would argue that even in the case of like Derek Chauvin, yeah, that whatever, like he got charged for a, something that might have been higher than what in uh, appeals court might be seen as, well, that's not what it is. Like say, for example, and I don't know what it is. I didn't follow the, I was just like that piece of shit's guilty, whatever the fuck he did. Yeah. But when you start assigning charges, right, if he was first degree, like you said, it's premeditated, that would mean like he was just like thinking, I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah. And if you're bringing up a history of negligence on his part, where he's been disciplined several other times before, he clearly didn't know the line. So one attorney might argue that he didn't know the line. He wasn't thinking that he was going to kill it. Clearly, he's not thinking in general. Yeah. So was he thinking about killing him? No. No, probably not. Now, do I think that? I mean, like, he literally, like, would have needed a manifesto to say, I'm going to kill this fucking dude when when we go, when we find him out on the beat. I mean, like, but that it's so hard to prove that. And that's the thing. Like people need to understand and and you have to set your emotions aside when it comes to stuff like this. You have to look at things objectively. Okay. Yes. Derek Chauvin was a piece of shit by, by, by all measures. There's no argument there whatsoever. But was this, if you try going after him for first degree murder, first and foremost, you're probably not going to get that. Right. And what people don't realize is that could get used against you later on because what happens is a lot of times some cases like this become case law. So later on, there might exactly. be an instance like, you know, not, it might not even be involved in like police, right? It could be something like, say, because to say this doesn't happen, like I'm sure there's times where, you know, crackhead white dudes break into black dudes' houses. I'm sure, sure it happens. Yeah. And just say like, a, you know, that black homeowner, he owns this house, catches this guy, pins him down. Maybe he has a 911 on the call. You know, he doesn't have anything to bind him. He doesn't have any, you know, any flex cuffs. He doesn't have handcuffs. He's a homeowner. So he just kneels on this guy. He's like, this guy's not getting out of my house. He's going to get arrested. Mm-hmm. Right. And result, he dies from positional asphyxiation. This could happen. And next thing you know, this guy's getting charged with the same thing. Yep. So it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is. And I pray to God something like that never happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm just saying that these things can happen. Agreed. Agreed. And and that's and that that's the thing that that people need to stop and think about is that stop in, inserting your emotions into it and really look at things objectively to see like what what exactly is somebody getting charged with. Right. Uh, you know, is it to the, to, are they really trying to nail this person against the cross or are they trying to go after something that seems more reasonable to go after? Yeah. Because I mean, we get this, you know, use the term again, knee jerk reaction where we want somebody to pay the heaviest penalty possible for whatever, you know, unjust action that they did. Yeah. And I get it. You know, I mean, there's been times where somebody did something to me and I was just like, I want this person to fucking die. (laughs) (laughs) you know but let's be reasonable like not everything's a death sentence i mean take for example i mean another trial that's going on right now is the ahmad arbery case where he was seen wandering through a commercial um residentially 
residential construction site rather. Yeah. And he was walking through there, just checked it out. Even security cameras so is this. And then he was just running around and these fucking redneck yahoos just gunned him down. Yeah. I was like, this is a slam dunk case, man. There's no way. And then it's crazy because you know, after the jury selection is complete, that you see that eleven of the twelve jury members are white. Like so that raises some suspicion, especially when you're talking about down south. And I would like to see them do the right thing. But it's crazy. Like I had I, I, somebody that I'm friends with, he just looked at he's black and he was just like, yeah, this is our OJ case. You know, the guys are guilty. We're just going to see what happens here. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. But a lot of these cases. But we'll finish up with this. Um, so you probably saw this Biden snoozing uh, versus the Rittenhouse yawn. <laughs> so this whole Rittenhouse yawn, it, it was basically became every, I mean, if you Google Rittenhouse yawn, you're going to find a cacophony of fucking different articles. And there's just an endless list there. And it was on the first day of the trial. Now, one would argue, I mean, this is an 18 year old. He's probably been up all night because he's probably. fucking scared, right? Uh, yeah. And it comes to the trial. It's not like he's yawning because he's bored. He's yawning because he's tired. Yeah. But these news articles, these new agencies and outlets, they just, they look at it and they think like, yeah, he's somebody that's just, he, he thinks he's so, so scot-free. He's just yawning. Yeah. No, this thing's going to be like two, three weeks long. And he's fucking tired because it's his day one of it. And he hasn't yeah. slept in three days because he's nervous as shit. He probably threw up all, all over the place the past two nights. <laughs> probably. I wouldn't doubt it. But the reason I bring this up is because it's got so much media attention. Like I said, if you just Google Rittenhouse yawn, you'll probably find an endless list of articles. Yeah. If, if, you, if you Google like Biden snoozing at the climate accord, you're going to find maybe two or three articles about it. And this is why, you know, there's, I like to listen to, and I've shared with you personally, just, I like what Russell Brand is doing. I like the fact that he has this, and he says it himself, he's got this, you know, he's got this no dog in a fight attitude and going towards these things. He's like, I don't like Trump. I don't like Biden either, but this is the problem that you guys are having in America. Yeah. You know, because it's an outside opinion and. Like we we've got the president of the free world that's sleeping at what's supposed to be a big time event, right? Yeah. I mean, they broke out the the heavy hitters. I mean, Greta Thunberg is there, right? So I mean, that's huge. Oh yeah, absolutely. How did she become the face of climate? I wish I knew. That, <laughs> I mean, quite honest, I, me and I, a couple just, coworkers, we just joke with you like, how dare you yeah how dare you as a 16 year old like quite frankly i think i think she i nothing against her personally i think she i i think she has ideally good intentions i think unfortunately the radicals on the left have used her as a pawn 100 percent for their own cause. Well, that's the, I always raise the question, how did she of the millions of 15, 16 year olds that are on this earth, how did she get picked as the face? Yeah. 
Like, yeah. there's no scientists that are backing up this with with scientific fact. No, but instead you have this person that never, this, took a, uh, never took a scientific yeah, biology I mean, like, class. So at the time when she made that statement, I think she was 16 years old. It was uh, like three or four years ago, something like that. And like, listen, I, I, I give her credit for putting herself out there. And I think a lot of that also had to do with her parents with which from what I understand are these like relatively radical leftists, climate change people and all this other so stuff. So some parents, they push their kids towards acting. They push their kids towards activism. I, I would have pushed my kids towards sports to be quite honest, but I mean, apparently I mean, she has that kind of energy. Yeah. I don't know if she's where she's from Sweden, uh, Sweden. She's from the country of anger. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, they're using her as a pawn for their own for their own cause and you know this the, this whole climate change thing is is it really is laughable and when i see some of my colleagues that are just like completely blindly for it without really ma- doing any sort of discernment in terms of what it is it's 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 laughable to be quite honest now that's not to say that you know just like with any other political issue in the United States, you're either you know for or against it. Like there's no in between. I, I, I'm I'm for you know doing things that are better for the planet. I think most people are, but when you start getting so radical about it that it, that really starts altering our daily lives and our economy altogether, that's when you really have to take a step back and say. Does this make sense? Yeah. And in most, most cases, it doesn't. It in, in, doesn't, but in, by in the then, direction the that we're going. Already... It's like, oh, like, you know, my car is completely electric. Okay, that's, that's great. So how does your car get energy? Oh, well, I just, you know, it's great. It's pulling into my garage and I, I plug it in. Okay. Okay, there's something that takes place to bring that energy to your garage. Right. So the electricity that comes to your house... And from your house, you connect a, a you know a line to your car to supply your car with energy. Where does that energy come from? Oh, that 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 comes from a power plant. Okay, good point. So the power plant that your energy is coming from, how do they make the energy? Oh, I don't know. They they just they 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 make it. And it comes to my house. <laughs> They mix a couple things together. So they just have like a bunch like solar panels and they just like, you know. Yeah. Um, Sure, it's not coal powered. Maybe natural gas powered, nuclear powered. I mean, they they tend to ignore that fact. Yeah, there's more to it. But one would argue that regardless of if they absorb this energy with their vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. That energy is still going to be manufactured. Absolutely. So instead of that energy just going out there and being not absorbed by anything, it's just going to die, essentially. Yeah. At least it's being absorbed by something. Right. People can make that argument. But at the same time, I mean, how do you sustain this this energy? Because yeah. long term, I mean, unless you're charging your Tesla in your house with your solar panels on mm-hmm. your roof, then I think you're like you were just illustrating with yeah. your argument is that this is kind of by the wayside. It, it's it's a shell game 
remember the shell game you have the three different shells you put the dice in one of the shells and you shift them around and all this other bullshit that's all this is you're all you're doing is that you're distracting people from one one part of the game to another so what you're doing is that you're taking the carbon emissions directly out of your vehicle and shifting it to a power plant to get that energy to your vehicle but at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. But could people argue that instead of having the emissions that are made from the power plant with burning the coal, which is regardless, that's 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 going out anyway. But now you're also doubling down, and you're manufacturing the the carbon emissions from whatever vehicle you're driving as well. So you're basically multiplying. Yeah, that that's possible as well. That's possible as well. But it's but it's like but it's this ideology that it's like. No, if 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 we have cars that burn fossil fuels and they're absolutely evil and we need to stop that, we need to eliminate it from the face of the earth. It's like there there's very little critical thinking into like thinking, you know, the next step or or the the, the step before that. Okay, so how does this work? Okay, so after this, how do I, you know, how do you get to that point? Yeah. Like very little people like that are that are for this like this radical climate change thing is going on it's like they're not thinking this completely through and and i'm i and again i'm i'm one for renewable sources of energy i'm, I'm not going to argue against that i think we really should do I, I think we we really should get to that point i and the reason why i bring this up is that i for for two reasons specifically so first is like you know i i think about all these oil spills that have occurred in the gulf of mexico off california and things of that nature even those that have taken place three weeks ago that we're not even talking about exactly it, but even like over the past 30 40 years you see these these big oil spills that occur in the gulf of mexico it's like you see these images from the beaches of like these these marine mammals like the, these ducks these these sea otters that are just like engulfed in oil and you see like all these people going to the beach trying to clean them up it's a fucking tragedy right it's it, it like it it like it makes me sad to see that it's horrific it's horrific for the environment i'm not going to argue against that i'm really not i get that but and one, then one could also argue in that instance that if we weren't importing oil from other countries then we wouldn't have to worry about those giant multi-million gallon barges full of crude oil yeah floating around our oceans and we wouldn't have to worry about that yeah exactly i mean that's that that that's definitely a second thing or that that that's another thing the the second thing that i would argue which is a very interesting point that that elon musk brought up and i was watching him i think on the second podcast he was on with joe rogan was that he was talking about that he's like you know our our normal carbon cycle is like you know the rotting of we'll say just organic material release of carbon dioxide into the environment and then that gets caught into the 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 i don't know whatever the hell you want to call it into the, our rain clouds and our the water brings it back down to the earth and the plants that are growing utilize the carbon dioxide for energy and and, and all that other stuff it's like that's part of the normal carbon cycle <clears throat> But if we dig into the earth and pull extra carbon out of it, now we're we're putting more carbon into the environment. We're right. putting you're more, unleashing it, if you will. Yeah, it's like you it's like you're 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 
you're taking extra money out of the bank and spending it more so than, than you should. Eventually, you're going to run out of that of that particular bank account. So he makes a good argument, and it's very simplistic, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more to it. But he makes an interesting argument that you're taking carbon from the earth that's been that's been sequestered, that's been there locked away for for literally millions, thousands of years, whatever you want to call it. And now we're taking it and now we're putting it into our normal carbon cycle. Now we're we're disrupting the balance altogether. And that in and of itself can potentially lead to climate change. I get that. I am. Those are good arguments. I'm and I'm not going to argue against that. I'm all for renew, renewable sources of energy. But I think what we've seen to this point in time is that the way our policies are set up here, specifically in the United States, and what we've seen in terms of potential for energy production in alternative sources of energy outside of fossil fuel production cannot sustain what we need to to bring our our economy forward so the argument that i have is why don't we have a bridge from the use of fossil fuels to where we can use completely renewable sources of energy as opposed to completely cutting off fossil fuels altogether and saying we need to go to these you know renewable sources of energy altogether we don't have the technology yet we're not there based on our energy needs here in the united states we we're not there yet and yet everybody keeps arguing this point well we just need to cut off fossil fuels altogether okay it's great Good luck. yeah do that and see what happens to our economy it's you know great you've saved the you've saved the world but now our economy is back in the stone ages so what have we accomplished we haven't done anything great for ourselves. We haven't advanced the human condition. If anything, we've taken several centuries back. We've gone several several centuries back in evolution or in our history or in an in industrial revolution just because, you know, we want to go with with renewable sources of energy. It makes no and fucking we have sense. What, like 12 years to get there. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean according you know, I mean the the you know, the 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 imam uh, Alexandra Ocasio or, or Cortez, <laughs> she she knows everything about when when the fuck uh, you know human civilization is going to end. She learned a story when she was working in the bar that time. In the bar, or when she went to the Met Gala and she wore her tax the rich dress while she was partying with the rich. Unbelievable. Yeah. <sighs> I know it, it's just such a such a cluster. It is, but meanwhile, you got Joe Biden. Sleeping in the, the, the front row of the climate court. Top 26. Yeah. This is a good song. Yeah. I figured it's fitting. Yeah, absolutely fitting. I don't think Biden was listening to this. And, and we talked about Mariano Rivera, too. Yes. How about that? This is the perfect way to encapsulate Abs- the whole evening. Absolutely. That's all I got, buddy. That's all I got, too. Uh, episode... Are we on 65? Did we determine whether we're on 65? That was 66. 66. We'll figure it out once we get it posted. Well, if you listen to it this far. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Questions to us. Ocho in the sieve at yahoo.com. Peace, bitches. Peace. Peace.